MLM Nation, episode 378. People overestimate what they can do in a short amount of time and underestimate what they can do in a long period of time. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chan. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I am fired up to bring our special guest today. It's the second time on the show, my good friend Rob Sperry. Hey, Rob, are you ready to make it happen? I am ready to make it happen. Anytime I can be on with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Simon Chan, who I'm always trying to catch up to because I thought I was disciplined until I met you, I feel like it's a privilege and an honor. Hey, you know what? Rob is one of my good friends. I We have so much in common. Uh, today, we're going to talk about how to win at networking and how to win at the game of networking. And uh, for those who don't know, Rob has been on ML Nation. Check out his first episode, episode 176, where he shares his full story, how he got involved. And since then, you know, Rob has been recognized by Business for Home as the number one trainer in 2017 in network marketing. And I'm just going back to Rob's experience his first year in the industry. He reached the highest level in the multi-billion dollar company. After which, Rob became the co-creator of MIT, which launched with a million dollar in sales in the first month. In the past few years, Rob has been a consultant to different network marketing companies and has been featured in numerous media outlets, including on ML Nation. Like I said, this is the second time around. And Rob recently wrote a great book, which I'm holding my hands here, The Game of Networking. So we're going to talk about how to win in the game. But before we do that, Rob, why don't you just take us back to, you know, for those who missed your first show, how did you get started with network marketing? Yeah, great question. I was the tennis guy. That's what I refer to myself as. I played tennis. I grew up playing tennis all around the country. I played in in some of the tournaments with the top professionals, played semi-professional tennis. And then after playing collegiate tennis, I met my wonderful wife. Uh, We were both very young. I knew that I found a keeper. I knew that she would probably get a little bit smarter as she got older and and figure she could find somebody much better than me. So I said, I, I don't care. I'm young. I better get married now and uh, make sure that I get a ring on that finger. And so uh, I got married at age 23 years old. At that point, I decided my tennis career was done. But that's the only thing that I knew. So I transitioned from playing tennis to coaching tennis at the tennis club. As many of you know, there's a lot of successful people. I mean, we're talking millionaires. Um, there was one billionaire. Billionaires are very hard to come by. But uh, there were a lot of successful people. So I went to them and I said, what did you do? How did you make your money? Tell me specifically. So I'd go over to their homes. They would mentor me. I got taught about hard money loans. I got taught about um, commercial real estate. I got taught about real estate in general. And one of those mentors was a legend in the network marketing industry. He didn't talk to me about network marketing because he was retired. And about three years after mentoring me, he just said, I'm coming out of retirement and you're ambitious, you're disciplined. He said, you're passionate. He said, so I am going to teach you exactly what it takes to be successful. I'm like, successful in what? I'm thinking we're gonna go do real estate. And he's like, I'm gonna teach you exactly what it takes to be successful in network marketing. And I kind of laughed, I said, oh, I, I don't do that. I've turned down 11 different companies, never done it before. 
And he said, well, you can keep doing what you're doing. And five, 10 years from now, you're going to have the exact same thing. Or he said, you can change your life and come do something different. And most people don't teach a system or a process. I'm going to teach you exactly what to do and how to do it. And so that's the really condensed version. As I started in this industry, I was so scared, Simon. I called one person my first two days. Uh, I ended up feeling like I was paralyzed. I felt like the phone weighed 500 plus pounds. I prayed it to go to voicemail every time I called somebody new because that's how scared I was. But uh, like you, I know you're very ambitious. I, I was just willing to do whatever it took to overcome those fears. And so I, I feel like I wasn't naturally great, but I was willing to fail more than just about anybody to get what I wanted, which was that time freedom. I wanted to be that dad that could go on vacation with my kids whenever I wanted to be that husband that you know could go on date night and take my wife on trips. It was just really what the time and the money represented, what that represented to me. Yeah, and now uh, years later, you're here. Uh, you know, you build successful businesses. You also started getting, so let me, why don't you share, um, since the last show, which is about, like, uh, about a year and a half, almost a year and a half ago, what have you been up to? I mean, what, someone who's built a business, what drives you, what motivates you, what, what have you been up to? That's crazy, it's been that long. Um, I know. It's crazy. I was looking at it. It was like episode 176, and now we're up to like almost 400. It's like, uh, but yeah, what have you been up to? Time flies by. You know, I think I've always just focused on some of the daily disciplines we've talked about before. Um, but really, I've done a lot of consulting, which has been fun. I've done a lot of coaching, which has been fun. And I think for me, the great passion comes from my story of feeling like I wasn't naturally good. I think too many times. You know, I always say we promote the stories of people getting lucky or right place, right time. And I think that can be a disservice to our industry. I think we think it's empowering, but those people are the exceptions. And, and that's great, but too many times people look at it and they say, you know what? Well, so-and-so did it and I'm not having success. What's wrong with me? And so I think sometimes we need to promote the stories of people that weren't naturally good, people that had to understand the process. And that's why I value so much what you do here at MLM Nation where I get to watch all of these different interviews, many of my friends, and I get to learn from them. And I, I remember watching for years, kind of seeing you interview people, and I would take notes, and I would figure out, okay, what are they doing? How are they successful? So that I could start learning the process. I could start gaining, how would I best say it, perspective. Because I was taught perspective when I started this industry of most people, again, this is not a claim, but most people are going to take one year to learn how to do this business, three years to make a full-time income, five years to make a big income, seven years to make a world-class income. Some people go much faster. Some people go much slower. But this gave me perspective of this can be the most underpaid business in the beginning and the most overpaid business in the end. And that that really helped me. And so for me, that's that's one of my major passions now, Simon, is, is being able to break down that process because I think a lot of people that are good, it's just like, they can't break it down because they're like, oh, I was just good. I was a tennis coach. So I want to break things down in steps and teach people exactly what to do and give them a process and give them hope that it doesn't happen over the, overnight for most people. It's going to take time to learn. It's not one of those businesses where either you're good at it or you're not. It's not net lottery ticket marketing. It's not net hoping. It's not net wishing. It's not net dreaming. It's not net looking around. It's network marketing. And so that that's what gives me just, you know, great excitement and great passion. 
Before we talk about the process and uh, especially going to the book, uh, you had mentioned um, daily disciplines. And I'm a big fan of discipline. And so talk about the daily disciplines that are required for you to be successful in this game of network marketing. Yeah, great question. So, you know, one of the things I love talking about is, is people always talk about your BHAGs, your big, hairy, audacious goals. And what I like to talk about is, is, is your minimums. What are you willing to do no matter what? You know, we look at, you're from California, look at someone like Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant, even when he was sick, he would go take hundreds and hundreds of shots. In some summers, it would be a thousand made shots. And that's what he was going to do no matter what. What are you willing to do no matter what? It's great to have the big, great dreams, but what are you going to do no matter what? So one of the things that I do no matter what is I reach out to 250 people a month no matter what. Now, when you say, what do you do when you reach out? I reach out to say hello. I reach out to ask them, you know, oh, I saw you had a new child. I saw you got a new dog. I saw your sports team won. I saw you just traveled. It doesn't really matter. A lot of times they're just Facebook on Facebook Messenger. They're just audios. They're just voice messages. They're just really quick, just pings where I'm staying in contact. I'm staying in touch with people. I'm learning how to become a professional, making friends. You do this, and we actually talked about this. <laughs> Jesse Lee and I talked about you on our Facebook Live, so now you have to go watch it today. And we talked about this value of staying in touch, and her and I both talked about, I just got another card from you the other day. And she's like, yeah, I love it. I get cards from Simon too, and holiday cards. I send out over four to 500 holiday cards to people. Again, it's making sure that I'm staying in touch. Yes, really good, very, very valuable. You know, uh, it's like being relevant, right? It's not like who you know, it's who remembers you. Right, and I think for what you do, 250 people, uh, people will never forget about you. Those 250, I mean, sure, those are you filter them. Those are the most two, valuable 250 contacts. They are all, you know, you're always relevant, and it's true because I remember you. You just like you ping me, you send me a video that time, and uh, that's what top. That's one of the disciplines that every one of you must be doing. Yeah, and then on top of that, I mean. You know, I think it's setting the daily disciplines, um, not just networking, but your life in general. Um, this is what I love about you, Simon, is is I know you're a family man. I know that you care about your wife. I know that you care about your kids. And I like that you set that. For me, um, I set that early on in my career. I set it where I do a date night every single week when I'm in town. I spend time specifically with my kids. I go to church for three hours a week and shut my cell phone off. I haven't missed a week working out for nine years. Um, I have personal development. I haven't missed a day in nine years. I've missed reading the Bible um, one time in the last nine years. And so I set, you know, there's a lot of other little things that I do, but I set those minimums. We take my wife and I go where we take opposite gender child when they're 12 years old. We take them on a trip just so we can have that bonding experience. And then same gender child when they're 16. So my wife just took my 12-year-old and they went on a trip for four days. And at 16, I get to take him. And so, you know, you gotta, you gotta create your life. You can't just think it's gonna happen. And so part of the game of networking is bigger than people just think network marketing. Yeah, yeah, it will teach you how to never run out of contacts. It will teach you how to turn strangers into friends. It will teach you how to, you know, take one person and master that circle of influence. and It'll teach you how to get what you want, but getting what you want more than that is really just it's happiness. It's it's you know all the bigger intangible things, and I think that that's really really important to understand because I know we always talk about business and stuff, but I know I know a lot of the discipline things 
that you do and, and I do and I know how well you eat. I know make I know you make sure you drink enough water and I know you make sure you hang out with your kids and I know you make sure you do this stuff to your wife and I know you do I know you do your spiritual reading and I know you do personal development. And so it's it's all encompassing. Networking is is becoming the person you want to become. And then yeah, it's becoming irrelevant and it's becoming where people think of you and it's becoming staying in touch and it's becoming credible. There's a lot of different aspects to the game of networking, or you can call it the game of life if you want. You know what? Uh, so, so true. And uh, for those who don't know, I do intermittent fasting. Uh, I don't eat for 16 hours. And uh, when I started doing that, I heard about it. The benefits is really building, you know, there's a lot of health benefits, but I really do for mental toughness. And when I started it, you know, guess who I reached out for advice? <laughs> Rob here, because he's a big fan of intermittent fasting as well. When was the last time you did not fast for 16 hours? Oh, man. So I remember the last time because it's painful now to, you know, when you get disciplined to go against what you do. I probably have a couple times a year, two or three times where my wife begs me because we're on like some special trip. So in April was the first time in a long time we were in Santorini, Greece. And she's like, come on, we're in <laughs> Santorini of all places. Like you've got to. And so that was the that was the only time I have this entire year um, is when we were in Santorini, Greece. Yeah. So, and I think if you're listening, you like, oh, "What is this fasting? What does this have to do, like uh, the date night, the wife have to do with uh, business? Everything because it's, the small disciplines be, lead to great the big disciplines, and also builds mental toughness. I think like with fasting, people think, "Oh, I'm starving." Well, first of all, you're not starving; you're hungry. But you're not starving, right? The kids out in Africa, third world, they're starving. You, if you can, like, you know, just deal with two, three hours of your stomach growling, how can you deal with, like, be honest, like, Rob, the abuse you can get in this business? Like, the negativity or the down moments, right? It builds mental toughness. And, like Rob said, it always starts with small little things, small little disciplines. Now, I have to ask you this because you were saying in the, uh, you've only missed personal development one time in the last nine years, one time you didn't read the Bible, one time you didn't exercise. So what was that one day that made you miss all this stuff? What happened? So it was only one day the Bible. Everything else I have not missed once. And that it bothers me still to this day. And I still remember it. And you're going to laugh when I tell you where it was because you're going to think it was because I was there. And maybe it was. But I was in Las Vegas didn't gamble. Um, I don't. I don't judge anyone. I don't care what you do. I don't drink. I, I don't smoke. I've actually never even had a taste of alcohol. So it's not like I'm partying. I'm at a really good friend's house, and for whatever reason, just got talking. Whatever. Had done my personal development in the morning. Was going to do it before I went to bed, and I went to bed. And I and I woke up in the morning, and it was like a panic attack for me. <laughs> like, oh no, I missed. It was like you know, you create this streak and you create these habits. And I still remember waking up, freaking out, just so disappointed and so mad and said, you know what? It is what it is. You got to make the best of it and just keep going strong. And so that was probably, oh, that was probably six years ago now. That's <laughs> very cool. You know, it's funny. Like when you don't miss much, you actually remember the few times you missed, right? And you become, you want to be a leader at Nation, a winner. You got to have these disciplines like what Rob's talking about. So, all right. So the game of networking, because how to win this. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about the Ben Franklin effect they talk about in this book. You talk about this is a strategy that Benjamin Franklin used to how to turn any enemy into friends. Because, you know, we don't want people to hate us. Well, you don't want to have enemies, but you want people who want to associate with us, right? So what is this Ben Franklin effect you, that you, talk, you wrote about in the book? It is so simple and so powerful. I just used it last week. And so think of 
think of this. It's really easy to like someone who likes you. It's very difficult to like someone who doesn't like you. So somebody doesn't like you, what you want to do. And yeah, we're twins. Look at you. Look what I got right here. We got like the same shaker bottle and we're drinking same time, probably some BCAAs, some apple cider vinegar in there. But um, you think about it, it's really easy to like somebody who likes you. And so it's defense mechanism when somebody doesn't like you just to justify and say, well, I don't like that person, right? Because that's just how it is. It's human nature. So Benjamin Franklin, so brilliant, so smart. What he did is he tested a theory of taking anybody who he felt like didn't like him because he was a master of networking. He understood that when you got an enemy, they're going to work really hard against you and put your ego aside and try to find a way to mend that and not burn bridges and get it where at least it's amicable, right? It's not, you may not be best friends, but at least it's like, okay, we're not fighting. So what he started doing was asking for enemies to do him a favor. Think about that. So maybe it's not an enemy, it's somebody that you dislike. It's very hard to ask somebody to do a favor for you. You know, you feel a little uncomfortable. It's like, hey, will you do me this favor? It's a teeny bit uncomfortable. Well, if that person ends up saying yes, in their minds, they're justifying while they're, why they're doing the favor for you. And they start to figure out a reason why they like you a little bit more. And you kind of do the same thing because you've asked them to do a favor. And so all of a sudden now, they're helping you and you feel a little bit grateful and they feel like they're serving you. And so it makes a difference. And so I promise you, I did it just this last week. Somebody I felt like I didn't know was a little bit uncertain. I felt like I had done my part. And I don't know if it was just a rumor, someone said something. And so I asked this person nicely, you know, just ask for advice. That was my favor. Um, and I did it genuinely. I asked something I felt like they were good at. Hey, can I get some advice? Can you help me with this? And that person did. And I promise you, it made a huge difference. And so I practiced that all the time. The Benjamin Franklin effect, the Benjamin Franklin factor is, is absolutely huge. So I know it's difficult. I know it's hard to put your ego aside sometimes. But it helps so much for not just you. It helps them. It helps everyone. It doesn't ever help anyone when two parties are fighting because then they start bashing you a little bit. And you feel like you got to justify your side and it amplifies, amplifies, amplifies to the point of no return at all. It hurts both parties. Yeah. And this prevents you from burning bridges, right? As a network, you definitely don't want to burn bridges. You want to collect as many friends as possible. Now, not everyone may like you, but you don't want to be enemies. You want to keep, like I said, keep the relationship warm. If you ask them for advice, they will always think about you. 100%. Anything you can possibly do to avoid burning the bridge. And most of the time, 99.9% of the time, you can avoid it. Most of the time, if you focus on being the bigger person, don't focus on who's right or wrong. Focus on creating the best win-win scenario you possibly can and put your ego aside. Not easy to do. Ego stands right for everybody's got one, but you need to make sure you do that to the best of your ability. I still struggle with it sometimes, but I always try to put it aside and, and do whatever I can to make things work. Now, let's talk about another thing to, uh, for networking, right? Uh, your networking, obviously, your reputation. You know, we talk about the 250, um, being memorable. Uh, talk about the credibility code. That you mentioned. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things, I mean, you think about this, you know, the analogy I like to give is Simon Chan and I are, let's say we give you guys pretty good advice. If somebody else gave the exact same advice that Simon and I are giving and you know them 
and they've never ever made more than $10,000 in a year at a job. Let's say they work at a fast food restaurant um, and they're giving you this advice. What would that, how would that advice be received? Just think about that. Now let's take it to a whole new level. If exactly what, you know, we're saying right now, somebody like Warren Buffett or, you know, um, Sir Richard Branson or somebody else give the exact same advice that Simon and I are giving, how differently would it be received? You guys would be like, if we give this advice right now and you have them giving the advice, you know, Warren Buffett or Sir Richard Branson, you guys would be like mind blown. It would be 10 times better, a hundred times better. So the credibility code isn't easy to crack, but really in essence, I'm summing up some of it and there's a lot of different, I mean, each, each chapter, what it does is it will give you why it's so important each law and then the second half will give you the how i think there's too much just inspirational and motivational which i absolutely love and not enough how and so this will make sure that it will give you the how as well and so you want to make sure that you're giving that how and so when you think about that the credibility code is saying go prove something go do whatever it takes and become great at one thing whatever it is in life and you can parlay that credibility into something else. Sir Richard Branson's never done network marketing before, but I promise you with the amount of credibility he has, if he said, hey, I'm jumping in, I'm doing network marketing, he could parlay that. For me, what I did is I used tennis. Tennis was something I had success. So I had something I had success, and I didn't try to act like I was the expert in network marketing. I said, look, you know me, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. This is what I've done in tennis. I'm applying these same principles. And it may take me three years to achieve my goals. It take, may take me five or seven. See how I added credibility of I know it may take longer than I think, but I will do whatever it takes. And so you want to crack that credibility code. And, and there's a lot of insights in the book on specifically how you can do that. And then it will teach you how you can parlay that from one thing, one thing that you have success to help you to have more and more and more and more. And as good as Simon is right now, you guys all, including myself, listen to Simon 10 times more now uh, than we would even if he was the exact same person when he started MLM Nation. Because why? He's increased his credibility, right? And because he's increased that, now we listen more. And that helps. So it's tough to break through, but it's very, very important to break through to help you reach the net lev next level in, in networking. Yeah, and I think an uh, important thing to add to that is the credibility doesn't need to have anything to do with network marketing, right? Because a good example is, uh, you know, athletic endorsements, right? Like Michael Jordan, great credibility in basketball, but he knows nothing about underwear. But he helps Haynes sell tons of underwear, right? You see that all the time. So even you could be, you know, and you could take the smallest successes, like Rob said, and like, hey, you worked hard on He was great in tennis, and he took that credibility into network marketing when he was reaching out to his prospects. So good. Uh, I want to talk. Can we talk a little bit more about the book? Of course. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's very good stuff. Because speaking about credibility and your reputation, uh, what about like you shared a couple of tips about how to stand out so you don't left out, like how to become unforgettable? Because right now it's so easy, especially social media. You see so much going on. People see it, they're great, but they forget about it. So, what are some tips that you can that you wrote about that? And by the way, for those who talk about when I say wrote wrote about, we're talking about the book, the game of networking. And Rob, this is Rob Sperry. Uh, Simon Chan, Oprah of MLM, interviewing Rob Sperry, wrote this great book, The Game of Networking. It's got tons of great reviews at the beginning. And definitely pick it up, and we'll include that link in the show notes. Uh, but right now, let's talk about how to become unforgettable. 
So the first thing is, is like we said, uh, holiday cards. That would be great. Um, I would make that a point. Some people oversee that. They say, oh, wait, but I'm single. I don't have a family yet. Or, you know, I don't know who or what. That's absolutely critical and important. The next thing is reaching out to 250 people a month. It can be simple text. You can copy and paste the text. And then you can make sure that you personalize to them maybe the first couple lines. Um, so you have a balance of both. Um, the next thing is, is yeah, social media. You should be posting every single day. Uh, I wouldn't overpost uh, unless you have a business or a fan page where you're promoting. That is a totally different strategy. But for personal pages, I'd never post more than three times a day. I think that's overkill. Um, I would post, and this is just personal opinion, one to three times a day. I would make sure that you post something every single day. It doesn't have to be business related. If you're going to share a quote, why not share your insights on that quote so that you can become an authority figure? Don't just share the quote. Every so often there is a standalone quote. I get that. I've done that. But share your insights on the quote. I would share something. You know, For me, I shared um, you know, something with my kids and date night recently and, and business perspective. And so you can mix and match what you show. Again, you want to become recallable. You want to make sure people are aware of you. Otherwise, put it in perspective. Let's say... Simon and I were best friends 20 years ago. Simon, I like Simon. I think Simon's crazy credible. But if I don't talk to Simon for 20 years, I probably don't know what he's doing unless he's following the law of recallability. So even though he could be the best fit for whatever project I have, how can we create that network, right? How can we network on steroids here if I'm not even aware of what he's doing or what he's up to? So that's why, you know, Simon's so smart with doing all the Facebook lives, uh, continual content. You need to be that person. You need to create your brand, um, whether it's Facebook. I think Facebook is by far the number one most important flat platform to social media. But if you have a following that's 10 times higher on Instagram and that's what you get, go do Instagram. Go focus on Instagram. It doesn't matter what it is. You need to find something that helps you to become recallable and so that's really important and then you're going to figure out who are your most valuable contacts maybe those 20 most valuable contacts stay in contact a little bit more with them make it more personable i mean simon i remember simon sent me a couple times just different videos telling me he appreciates me when he couldn't go to nmp sent me a video how sorry he was he wasn't able to go i sent him a couple videos you know thanking him and different things like that and so you figure out who are your most valuable and take care of them. If they're important, then treat them as such and make sure that you follow that law of recallability. I think that's the biggest difference, Simon, in my personal opinion, studying networking for eight years between good networkers and great networkers. There's a lot of good networkers that you know that you feel like are very credible, very likable, but they're not very recallable. I think that is the greatest difference between a good networker and a great networker. I agree. You know, there are people what I've reached out to. Are you talking about like, uh, you know, when you send me a video or like I've sent you videos? Well, a lot of people say I know everyone's busy, right? Everyone is busy with hundreds of things to do with family, with kids. I have kids. I have three kids. Rob has four kids. Uh, but doing the small little things like, you know, people say they can't make it or get back to you. They forget to get back to you. There's no excuse. You can basically tell how good a networker is by – and, then, you know, the people are really successful in networking. Um, they may not, you know, they may not make it, but they always get back to you, right? Doing the small thing, although paying you, like uh, they'll make, they make themselves recallable, 
while yeah. the other ones, oh yeah. And it's the same thing, you know. I've interviewed so many leaders out there, um, not all the same. And there's some like the, you know, I interviewed a long time ago, but they're recallable. And some, even recently, not as recallable. Right? It's it, small little things like getting back to back to people, saying, and then if you have, you know, if you're listening, you have trouble remembering, put in your calendar. But there's no excuse. You know, and he's like, well, but I'm not talking to a prospect. But you know what? These are small things that build that brand, right? That if you work on this stuff, it, you know, like Rob said, he says, I send out cards. He sends out cards. You cost money and postage to send out cards. But, hey, you don't see the money right away, but you're building it. That's how people like Rob become successful. Because that yeah. is a long-term game. And I and what I would do is, like, for example, you know, one of the concepts that I did and, and it teaches – Let's say I meet Simon. Simon signs up in my business. Simon introduces me to 20 people. Only 15 say yes. I saved every single one of those people's information. I went and added every single one of those people on Facebook when I started this business. And I created a connection with them. I put in when I met them, how I met them in my phone. And then what I would do is I would put a reminder, reach out to them in two or three months, non-business related. And then after I reached out to them again, I would put another reminder to go reach out to him two or three months later, non-business related again. And eventually, guess what? Not only did I never run out of contacts, I had too many contacts I didn't even know what to do with. Eventually, people remembered me talking about a business and it wasn't the right time for them, but because they knew, like John Maxwell says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They knew I cared about them. I had people start reaching out to me. Hey, are you still doing that thing, right? Fill in the blank. Like I'd love to meet. And so I started creating pull marketing by focusing on the relationships and playing the long game. Too many times people in network marketing focus on hard, cold sales. I want to close, close, close. If I can't close you, I'm done with you. I focused on I want to become friends with you. I want to turn strangers into real relationships. And it became where it was fun. It was really fun in, in network marketing by focusing on networking. Yes, you know. We all, you know, we're, you're like a like brother from another mother, right? We are so similar. And what you just said you did, I do it, and not many people do it. Like, like you said, when you, whether they join or not, but you make a note. I don't, Emma Nation, I don't know if you caught that. Rob, Rob makes a note and writes down when he met them, how he met them, and smaller details. And when he follows up, he talks about something that's not business related. You know, one of the things I do on, on my contacts, uh, on, my, on my phone, I just write down the date I, read, I met them. And I always write down if they have kids, how old their kids are, right? And that, so, for example, like uh, four years ago, my friend had Dylan. Uh, he's a son who like maybe he was born in, in 2013. I'll write that down in 2013. So when I talk to him, he's like, hey, and then we haven't talked for a couple of months. How's it going? How's Dylan? Dylan's about, he's like four years old right now, right? He's about to start kindergarten next year. And be like, holy cow, how do you know this? I mean, we all, I mean, we, I'm a parent. I love to talk to my kids. I go nonstop. When you pay attention to small details that are non-business related, all of a sudden you become a person that's cool and people like to do things with people who are cool. You just stand out. You become, like Rob says, unforgettable. 100%. You get it. And I can tell right away, you're just so good at it. And people, they just forget about it, right? I think people network marketing just hope it happens overnight. We all do. Simon did. I did, right? All of us want it to happen right away. There's nothing wrong with that. You just got to have a real perspective and, and build this business as if you will be here for sure 100% five years from now. And that will change everything for you.
And you know, the people who have instant success right, right, because I didn't have instant success, but the people who have instant success right, 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 really quickly, they've been doing what Rob's been talking about for years before they joined network marketing. So they had a head start. It's not because they start, both start from, yeah, you start from scratch in network marketing, but in terms of networking, they were like, they could have been years and decades ahead of where you are. So for me, like, I didn't have success right away. I had to learn this. I had to start from scratch. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the quote that, that I came up with is, it's like, think of Noah's Ark. Build your ark before it rains. That's probably one of the biggest things for networking. Most people try to network when they need something. The best time to network is when you don't need anything at all. So build your ark before it rains. And then when the storm comes, whatever it is in life, I'm not just talking money. I'm not just talking network marketing. Anything in life comes, you're good. I mean, for me, I got my Mercedes at cost because of networking. Guy gets a deal twice a year, friends and family. He's like, oh, yeah, you've been good to me the last 10 years. You play tennis to me twice a year, even though you're a lot better than me. He said, so I'll give it to you. Built my house. Where did I figure out how? How did I get a great deal on it? Right? Networking. Got my kids into the school they're at. How did I get that networking? My wife, right? The most important part of my life was through networking. And so when you just go through everything, like people got to think much bigger of becoming professional networkers. You know, speaking about the arc, uh, in the book you talk about referrals, right? Um, can you share a little bit real quick? This will be the last question about the book. And by the way, for those books, if you're wondering what, what I'm talking about, it's The Game of Networking by Rob Sperry. We'll include that link on the show notes page. Definitely pick up the book. Uh, but talk about building, uh, getting the referral arc. Because a lot of times people, they want to get referrals. So what is the referral arc and how do you build that? Yeah, so a couple tips on referrals. I mean, first off, people, like we said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, so part of referrals is developing a really good relationship. So think about this. People are thinking, do I want to introduce my friends to you? So if you are treating them like a friend with respect and you're building that trust, that credibility, and you're building that likability, you're giving yourself a shot. And that's why you want to approach everything, like we said, from a long-term perspective instead of just a a close, 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 because amateurs convince, experts sift and sort. You want to create it where if they're not attracted to your business now, maybe they are later. If they're not attracted to your business ever, at least they're going to talk good about it and they're going to be able to refer people. So that's the first thing is, is be thinking and everything you're saying of, hey, they may not join my business, but hopefully later. And if not later, hopefully they'll give me referrals. So you want to build that rapport with people and that trust. And you want to become a really a master at communicating. I think that's what our business is, is we want to be blunt, but we want to do it in a way we're not offensive to people. We want to be direct, but we want to do it in a way where they don't feel like we're selling them. We want to be direct, but we want to do it in a way they feel like we value the friendship first. I let people know, hey, look, if this isn't for you, I'm not going to be that annoying person that calls you every single day. I want to go to lunch after and not talk about the business at all. And I'm that straightforward with them. But... I think you're going to be interested in it. So I balance of bringing my passion of I think you're going to be interested, but also let them know we're friends first. Setting that tone in the beginning will help you to get referrals. Then as you start with somebody in the business and they start to introduce you, you do what Simon and I just talked about. You start collecting everybody's information you meet. You start turning those strangers into friends by messaging them. Not a stalker that's crazy or annoying, but find things or comment or reach out or maybe they make a post on Facebook and you find a way to comment on that post 
and relate to them, right? Because now you're starting to create that connection as you're building this business. And if you start to communicate things the right way and do it a way where people say, you know what? Like, I respect this person. Even if I'm not interested, I feel like anyone that comes to this presentation with Simon or Rob, they're going to be well-respected and they're actually going to like the communication style. And I feel like I can trust them. That That is the ultimate compliment is trust. And so you're, you're getting them to trust you. And so you have to become that person. That's why you and I keep saying all those disciplines relate with everything. And then from there, you got to become really good at communicating and developing the relationship so that they feel like they actually will give referrals. And then after that, you've got to ask. And when I ask them, I'm very blunt with them in a very nice way. I say, look, I know it's very difficult to give referrals and everybody always tells me they're going to think about it. And when they say that, they don't give referrals most of the time. I just want you to know anybody you give me, I will go over the top to not annoy them, to not be hardcore salesy or anything like that. But it would mean a lot to me. It would help me a ton. And if there's anyone you feel like it would be a fit for, I would appreciate that. So you see how I communicated it in such a strong, powerful way. I called them out. How most people say they'll get back to me later and they don't, right? But I also let them know I'm going to take care of their people respectfully just as I took care of them. And really, the key is, is do they feel like you have something of value, number one? And two, do they trust you? If they trust you, right, and like you, because if they trust you and can't stand you, they're not going to refer anybody. But if they trust and like you, why would they not give referrals? I mean, you would. Think about you. Just think about you. That's the best way. Think about you. Who would you give referrals to? And now knowing that, you kind of reverse engineer it and go make sure you communicate it that way and build that relationship of trust. Awesome stuff, ML Nation. Go back out there and listen to this again. How to Win at the Game of Networking by Rob Sperry. Definitely get his book. Um, Rob, as you go to the end of the show, uh, some really quick questions to pick your brain. Okay, these quick uh, one, two-sentence answers. First one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Ooh, favorite quote today, right? Depends on the day. Is successful people just do the basics better. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? One habit that's helped me to be successful, eating well. And the reason is, is because that is, I think any, any, any good habit is a keystone habit can help you to do anything else. If you can show discipline in something, you can have, you can have, doesn't mean you will, you can have discipline in anything. So eating helped me well, helped me to have better discipline. I'm not perfect, okay? So if you see me ever eat anything bad or anything, I'm not claiming to be perfect, but I eat pretty well. But that's helped me. But also what it does is it helps you to have more energy, helps you have less sick days. It helps you to live a longer life. It helps you be more effective with your time. And so that keystone habit, I think, is, is huge because now I can be a better father. I can be a better husband. I can be a better leader. I can be a better friend because I can be a lot more effective with the time that I have because I'm eating healthy. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? The best piece of advice that I've ever received would be people overestimate what they can do in a short amount of time and underestimate what they can do in a long period of time. And that just gave me great perspective because we're all in this too much in the instant gratification world. And we try, 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 try. And either we think we're good at something or we're not. 
And that's not the truth. It's, it's something that's developed. And I think that that's just our world. It's, an, it's a lottery ticket mentality. And I think if people really saw that they can be great at anything, and that's why I'm so passionate. I mean, Simon, you know my story. I couldn't speak even in front of one person when I started. I was bad at speaking in front of people for a year. And that's why I'm so passionate about this because I, I really feel like, you know, if if you follow, yes, the 10,000-hour rule, but the greatest myth of the 10,000-hour rule is people promote that too much. And in it, the major focus is deliberate practice. I know tennis players that I've seen play for 20 years that don't get any better. Hmm. They've done 10,000 hours. It's got to be deliberate practice of taking copious notes and watching all these MLM nations and learning from different leaders and stories and, and integrating it and taking massive action. What is your, uh, your favorite app or online resource that you could recommend? Uh, I use Evernote a lot just because I take crazy amounts of notes and I take pictures and I organize all my notes. So I've got, even on there, I've got like a hundred posts for Facebook over the last like several years where anytime a thought comes in, I put it in there, Facebook live topics, all my books that I read, any religious notes that I have, um, everything in there. So for me, it just, it's, it's, I love the way it's structured. Uh, since we last talked about a year and a half, well, not last talk, we've talked pretty often, but since the last you were on the show, what's the best book you've read? Hmm. I've read so many books. I'll pull up my Audible know, right now. It's a tough one. Yeah, I love, well, I want to make sure I don't misspeak. The, the book I'm thinking of right now is, was not the one thing, but it was like oh. the one thing. Um, um. The newer version that was a totally different um, author. Yeah, yeah not the one thing. It's the. Um, I'm spacing it. I'm spacing I, it. Um, just if we can get it first. Not the one thing. It's very similar to the one thing. Yeah, uh, it's like a new one. And the way that he phrased everything um, was great. I think he's actually from Europe. And uh, he just, I don't know. If we can figure it out, I don't know why it's spacing both of us right now when we know it. No, I feel like I need to get this. Oh, Essentialism. Yes, you got it. See, you know. There we go. There it is. That's, that's yeah. my favorite book of this I actually year. thought Essentialism was better than The One Thing. I, I guess it depends oh, yeah. on when you read it. Like, sure. I guess if you read it's like books is like what stage in your life you read it, right? So I think I read Essentialism first. Then when, it, when I read The One Thing, I so, okay, I knew that already. But uh, yeah. I like Essentialism. Good stuff. Here's the million-dollar question. <laughs> So imagine you had to start all over again, and this is, I love this um, question because it's related to whole, how to win a game of networking. Imagine to start all over again, but you have all your experience, you don't, you, but you knew no one. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to start building a network and build an ML business from scratch? Wow, that's a great question. If you don't know anyone... Um, I would probably start out in my community, my neighborhood, because it's it's a place that I could see people more frequently and try to find people that I had things in common with and make friends with them, invite them over to dinner, maybe do some sort of game night or something like that, add them on Facebook, right, and multiple, and then from there try to lead to maybe a couple of them play tennis, maybe they play basketball, maybe they play golf. So from there, what I would do is expand to go do that and then go find you know, the local church. And it's not like I go to a local church and go down a list or anything. I would never do that. 
you know, it's association, go make friends with them. But I would take that community, make friends with them, find similar interests maybe that we have, or maybe new things I've never done before. And then I would go, go create that. So it would go from a community to maybe it would be a golf thing that we would do. Maybe it would be a tennis, maybe it would be a basketball, maybe it would be running, or maybe it would be all working out together. Maybe it would be multiple three or four things. And from there, would probably lead to something else to something else to something else and I would apply all the principles and I would never run out of contacts it would take some time but I would never run out of contacts awesome hey thank you so much Rob as we wrap up uh, any last words or advice and then what's the best way listeners can connect and reach out to you yeah absolutely so the books on www.tgonbook.com t-g-o-n um, and then book.com so that's the game of networking acronym book.com uh best way to find me is always on facebook i'm active on facebook i love connecting on facebook uh, i just love connections with people and and making a difference and parting advice would be you guys have an incredible resource here you've got a resource in in mlm nation where you've got some of the greatest greatest leaders in the entire world network marketing or not and it doesn't matter how great something is if you don't take advantage of it. There's a great quote that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so the question is, is if you're ready and if you are, make sure that you're taking notes and you're learning from all these leaders. I still am. I still read I still read at least 30 bucks, 30 books a year. And my goal is to read 50. And I don't read them. I study them. That's why it takes me longer now. I go back, rewind, if it's audible, or reread, take notes, and that type of stuff. So I just say that, and I just say I, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you're doing for the for this industry. I appreciate everything I've learned from you and from everybody that you've gone out and interviewed. And so thank you for just being that person in this industry that provides so much value that's just lifting it up. I appreciate you, and I know everybody else does as well. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you may hang out with Rob Sperry. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and just type in Rob, R-O-B, at the search bar. And the show notes and the, all the nuggets of wisdom and the link to Rob's book will be right there. In order to be successful in life and business and network marketing, you must help others. So, Rob, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Rob, and God bless you. Thanks, Simon. Appreciate it. ML Nation, Simon Chan, the Oprah of MLM, a great show with Rob Sperry. Second time around with Rob. Hey, good stuff, right? How to win at the game of networking. If you want to check out Rob's first episode where he really goes into detail about his story and uh, how he became successful, just go check out episode 176. You can go to mlmnation.net forward slash 176. Now, a couple of things, just you know, big, a lot of aha moments from this book, and I highly recommend you go check out the book. Number one, network marketing is... You know, most people who get started, they're not naturally good. <laughs> you know, I was not good. I was pretty bad. It took me 42 people to get my first sign-up. But, you know, it's a good framework here. Remember, year one, you're just learning. Year three, you can get to a part-time income. If you do it consistently. Year five, full-time income. Year seven, you can be world-class. You know, success doesn't happen overnight. And I know we love su- instant success stories. I'm telling you, most of the people who are successful fast they were like networkers. They were, they were networkers before they joined network marketing. They've been networking, networking the whole life. They've been doing the things that Rob talked about in this episode, right? In this game of networking. And so there's a lot of, you know, he starts off, what makes them successful is disciplines, 
right? Start, everything starts with discipline. You want to have a discipline, be a great networker, it starts with your habits, right? Think of small little goals. What are you willing to do? Right? What are you willing to do? Like, for example, one of the things I do, every day I sing happy birthday to someone. Um, every day I send a grateful gratitude message to someone. And, you know, there's times where I really did not want to sing happy birthday to someone. Right? And uh, I still remember one time I came back from Florida because I was at an event the whole time. And I was on a plane. I was so tired. I fell asleep. I got back. It was 2 a.m. in the morning. And I'm still out there. And it's still qualified to sing on happy. I didn't miss that day because in 2 a.m. California is still the same day in Hawaii. I'll go out there. And I, I knew that I still had that t- window of time. I remember 2, I think 2.20, 2.30 a.m. in the morning. I was dead tired. I still took 15 minutes to sing happy birthday to get them out. Right? And so Rob talks about every, you know, every month he reaches out to 250 people. You know, he sends out, he's like, just like me, he sends out cards. Right? Small little disciplines. Uh, disciplines like he reads the Bible every day, he does personal development, he exercises, he does intermittent fasting. Because this is how champions are built. It starts with small little things. You know, recently I had talked to uh, Carl Amory, which was, uh, he, he was in the British military for 18 years. He made his bed every morning, the first thing he does, because it's a small win. Daily disciplines. You know, the late German Schwarzkopf said, clean shoes saves lives in the military because when you pay attention to detail and small disciplines, you become a disciplined person. You become the champion that you want to be. But it starts with small little things. Um, now, Rob then goes on to talk a lot of great things about the, uh, a lot of great aha moments like the Benjamin Franklin effect, right? How to turn enemies into friends by just asking an enemy to do a favor for you. That's the least Last thing an enemy expects you to do, but very, very effective. I've done that as well. And I don't really have enemies, but people like not too fond of you, right? And it's always people. We have haters and stuff. Ask them to do a favor. I'm telling you, they will all of a sudden start liking you, and you also be grateful to them. You, whatever animosity, bad will, that'll disappear as well. Uh, Rob talked about the credibility code. You know, like you, if you're listening to this, you're good at something. Maybe you're just being a great mom, a great father, or great at your job, right? Take that success, take that credibility and parlay that ability into one thing. So for example, when I first started, um, even when I first started uh, coaching, I would say like, hey, you know what? Um, I built an MLM business, a very successful business. Do I seem like the type of person that's going to screw you and just take your money and not teach you? Right? That's And so and even the skill it doesn't need to be related. So when I did start network marketing, one of the things that helped me once I learned how to use it, now, I didn't learn how to use it at the beginning, right? That's why it took me 42 people to get my first sign-up. But I did go to a pretty reputable college. I went to Columbia, you know, it's an Ivy League school, even though I, I didn't do well there. I wasn't a great student there. But I say, hey, with someone that from Columbia, will they do, do they seem like the type of person that will quit? Because people are like, Simon, how long are you going to be in this? Do I seem like the type of person that quit? If I went to Columbia, do, am I the type of person that was going to quit? I got to Ivy League school, right? Or so I know one one, I know uh, someone that uh, my team that was a mother that's very loving. You now she never really had a job or anything, but she's very dedicated to her kids, and she has the best, most well-behaved kids. And she's like, "Hey, you know, look at my kids, the way I raised them. Do you think I'm just going to let you go and sign you up and not do anything to help you?" Right. So the credibility code, really good. Um, yeah, definitely go back and listen to what Rob talks about or pick, go pick up his book. And you know, t- in terms of uh, getting be unforgettable, right? How to be, I think that's a big aha moment. You got to be unforgettable. It's not how many people you know, but how many people know of you. You got to be recallable. So we'll talk about like this being social media, posting daily, 
Right? Don't, you don't need to sell them, but just be unforgettable, posting daily, paying them, sending cards. But you want to be recallable. You can't be someone that people are going to forget. Right? And one of the ways to be un- unforgettable is like taking notes down. When you meet them, take notes down where you met them, how you met them. And then when you connect with them again, again, you schedule in the calendar, you know, uh, talk about something that's not business related. Okay, and you know, in order for this all to work out, you really, you talk about referrals to, you got to focus on the long game, the long term game. And it may take a while, right? It did take me, I mean, singing happy birthdays to people, sending cards, it didn't, you know, happen overnight for me, but doing years of, of doing this, all of a sudden, you know, people all know me uh, now. They remember me. They think I'm, some people think I'm crazy, but they'll know me. I'm not forgettable. Let's talk about referrals. You know, again, the long-term perspective, just building rapport and trust and collecting info, being, turn strangers into friends. You got to build trust. And when you ask, right, you just say, hey, I know it's hard, but it can mean a lot to me. Ask, and a lot of times people are just afraid to ask. But if you build enough rapport and trust, you should be able to ask freely. And some people may not give, but you just have to ask them and just let them know it will mean a lot to me if you do that. And a last tip is just eating well, right? A great tip of Rob, like he eats well because when you eat well, and I know a lot of people who are, they make money, but they're miserable. You have no health. And that's not a success. You know, Rob is very healthy. Eat well because you get less, you know, you get less sick. You're more effective and more productive. So you get to do more things in less time. And then you make more money and still have time with your loved ones as well. So eating well is another great uh, great tip from Rob Sperry. Again, great show. If you like this, please subscribe, rate, and re- review on iTunes. And definitely check out uh, Rob. Can go to mlmnation.net forward slash. Uh, just put Rob, R-O-B, and the show notes. All the nuggets of wisdom will be there. Hey, this is Simon Chat. I'm loud and proud to be in this profession. Awesome show from the Game of Networking. Hey, it's fun being the Oprah of MOM. Just talking to superstars like Rob Sperry. Connect with them. And if you... Uh, now it's your turn. Go out there. Think long term. Learn think long term. Invest in people and win at the game of networking. This is Simon Chan. It's your turn. Go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. Thank you for listening and God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.